I'm Joe O'Leary. And I'm Smirassam. And it has been six weeks since our 100th episode, but we are back. Episode 101. We're back, baby. Star Joe's podcast returns, and it feels so good. It feels really good. It feels, it nice. feels like... And warm. Oh, God. Snuggly. It just feels like putting on a pair of old slippers. Yeah. But instead of, instead of like, being, like, old, they're mm. sort of, like, just sort of well worn yeah not too much not too old no holes still a bit fresh yeah got another six months left in them bit of a nice smell to them nice smell or oh, we use that spray that they get at bowling alleys oh, yeah. and put that in there that's <laughs> yeah. why that, that's what that is yeah the spray away yeah spray away is yeah. that what it's called spray away I don't know should ask Ben Tanner is that, he's is, the manager is, of a bowling alley is he really yeah Ben Tanner works at AMF bowling he's the manager he'll get you free bowlings is, is go that, see him today in town like yeah that. it is Nottingham City Centre, AMF Bowling, River Nottingham. Hmm. Ask for Ben Tanner, say Star Jaws sent you. So you get a free game. We'll give you a free pair of shoes. <laughs> you just take the shoes with you. If you always wanted a pair of those bowling shoes, yeah. the only problem is they're both the same foot. Yeah, and they smell really nice. It's but not you, like we've worn them. But you get the option of two rights or two lefts. Mm. So if you're one of people that are quite clumsy and go, you've got two left feet, well, there you go, you can get yeah. two left feet. That's where you go. Bowling shoes. Get yours today. Get your bowling shoes today from Ben Tanner. Ask for Star Jaws. So, Joe. <laughs> we've got a lot of films to talk about we've got a lot of stuff to talk about a lot has changed since we uh, last did our podcast yeah we've got new favourite films of the year maybe new favourite films but just personally we've got we've got we're different people now yeah it's true we've grown I'm a man you're a woman now well you know the operation was okay you've been working at the Premier Inn yeah Premier Inn Hotel get yours today have you seen anything like have you walked in on anything I've not because I've, I've any most, shady business see, I've mostly been working at the bar uh, so it's mostly been stag dudes I've been dealing with so mm. I, I wish I had some, some exciting stories to tell you about you know some scandal maybe some kind of politician involved there speaking of scandal yeah. I, I now live with a ginger man from Teesside and a kitten called Domino is that true? that's where I'm at he's from Teesside? he's from he's a Teesider oh. does he have an accent? yeah Oof, I don't know how you deal with that uh, yeah I, it's pretty easy to understand you sure? yeah the odd word maybe throws you off how does he say Domino? Domino. Is that how he says it? No, he calls it <laughs> Donimo. Uh, <laughs> because in, 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 in like the northeast of England, yeah, of they, say, they say Donimo. It's the other way around. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, Rob, if you're watching, my housemate, hello. Thank you for letting me live with you. Cheers, Rob. It's a very nice house. Thanks for taking Very my big friend. house. Thanks for taking my friend in. In the country. Domino, if you're watching, stop scratching me all the fucking time. Is it a nasty cat? Is she's all right? Yeah, but yeah, she either wants to cuddle or she wants to fight. Uh, well, you used to that from me, right? She's a lot like me as well, really. Yeah, yeah. She's a cuddly fighter. Yeah, but no, a lot has changed. Time has passed, and many, many films have come out. Many films that maybe we would have done like a whole hour of. Yeah. So we're gonna have to do a very, very sort of a condensed version speed speed reviews speed I don't want to go I don't want to say speed because we're, we're not really good at speed no, in our 100th episode at one point Samir like wrote on his phone a little message <laughs> we need to speed up and if you listen to it back I do speed up I don't and you slow down yeah. you're like fuck you maybe you're telling me to speed up so you had more time to talk <laughs> that was the plan um, one bit of feedback as well we got yeah. was that Matt Bradford who came back mm-hmm. apparently everything that he says sounds like a question well, he does that inflection with his voice. You know, yeah. when he raises it goes his up like, like that. Like and if it says like a question, uh, and I think it's partly down to the fact that he doesn't have much confidence in his, in his opinions. But the feedback I've had is that Matt Bradford did a sterling job 
Um, he was great, I thought. It was great to have him back. So, Matt, if you're watching or listening at any point, um, it was great, and we'll see you soon. I just wish he didn't derail my Blade Runner, you know, part of it. What, what did he do to derail your Blade he Runner? He was talking about Prometheus and Avian Covenant, didn't he? Oh, he did. Also, he said that the mummy was like his... Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's what he like, said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, his top ten was interesting. I liked his top least. ten. I liked it. It was honest. It was very honest. But there was a few head scratches in terms of just um, placement. You know, it's that just the mummy. I mean, like yeah, uh, when you watch the stream, like he's both of us sort of go. Like, well, is like the about, first film that comes up? I think he just, he did his number ten first, right? Or did you do yours first? I did my number ten first because yeah. it was the Quinto trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of stick about that as well. well I've had, yeah, I've had like a lot three of three films at one spot. Did you? I had a lot of criticism for having. Uh, Five films, yeah, in two places. I, I think think that's, a, that's understandable. But I think Kill Bill is fair. I think you can get away with Kill Bill. Cornetto trilogy is a bit of a push, I reckon. Nah, I disagree. It's three different films. Yeah, well, it's, 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 this is our podcast. We can sort of do what we want, and then that made you change your first one to two films, didn't it? Well, yeah, I wanted. To, I don't know the times have changed. I didn't know that's the kind of people we'd be. I've told you though, I consider those the original trilogy as one film. I think an overarching story. Hmm, I think. I think especially. Star Wars and Empire hmm. that feels like 1A and 1B yeah then you've got Ewoks Re- Return it feels like it could be a sequel because it has a it feels like it's a bigger time jump right yeah precisely so yeah we've had a lot of the feedback from the 100th episode before we move on it's been great it was overwhelming yeah so many people watched it live so many people contributed so many people have listened to it who had never listened to us before hmm. we're really congratulatory uh, on Twitter, um, the podcast that we gave a big ups to, we're really, really like grateful, uh, and they all listen to it, and they all seem to like it as well. So, thank you to everyone to listen to that. And now it's time to move on. Let's take a step into the future. On with the show. So, what film do you want to talk about first? Well, we've got this or this one. This or this one. Or should I do that one quick, or do you want to do that one? Just do that one. What? What? Uh, which one? Ogja. Should I talk about Okja? So there's a film called Okja. Yeah. I'll introduce it because I haven't seen it. Go. And it's on Netflix. Right? Yep. And it's directed by Bo Jun-hun. Boon Jong-ho. The racist. And he directed Snowpiercer, correct? Yes. Snowpiercer, the host. Uh, he's really, yeah, he's an awesome Korean director. Uh, so yeah, he did Okja, which is kind of, it feels like he's, I mean, he did Snowpiercer, which is kind of a, a smaller budget film. Okja, you know, you've got quite a big budget. You've got a lot of big names in there. you got like Tilda Swinton, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, someone else I'm forgetting, Paul Dano, uh, Stephen Yeun from The Walking Dead. So you've got quite a lot of people in there. And I've been excited for a film for a long time. As I was saying to Joe, if you've got a story about a kid that becomes friends with some kind of magical animal, then I'm in. And that's that's enough to sell me. But apart from that, I, I, I was I was concerned to get into the film that it would end up being a bit preachy. And I'd heard I'd heard a few different people say that it was a bit preachy in terms of its message, which is essentially has a lot to say about the corporate meat industry, especially. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's been responsible of some people say it's trying to brainwash them into being a vegetarian, which you know, each their own. I don't think it goes as far to do that, but I do think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a film with a lot of soul. Has has it? You know, like we were saying before, it's, it feels like you kind of put on a warm pair of slippers. You know, it's, it's it feels like a safe place at times. Yeah. 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 It's, it's it has a lot of um has a lot of familiarity to it. It feels like because it. They're not tropes as such, but they're, they're kind of pl- the beats that you recognise from other films. So, but it has quite an out of there premise of you know this big super pig that's been grown for ten years, 
and after 10 years the corporation want them back so they can harvest them for meat uh, and this girl that's kind of grown up with this big super pig on this farm had no idea that after 10 years her best friend and pet would be taken away from her so the animal in question is, is just a giant pig yeah Okja yeah. oh I thought Okja was like a, a like some sort of mythical sort of no 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 Okja is just like a, a genetically modified pig yeah so at the beginning of the film it, it kind of starts with like a presentation to who's to play uh, Tilda Swinton the Miranda Corporation I believe it's called and she sort of uh, gives this big pitch on other business people and you know she's saying we're going to breed this pig you know it's going to it's going to hardly poop it's going to be good for the environment we're going to be able to harvest it for loads of meat it hardly eats it's like the perfect animal to raise if you're you know on a farm if you want to have a nice bacon sandwich yeah if you want to have a nice bacon sarnie slice of gammon yeah bit so, of pineapple so they had a competition so they gave out these super pigs all across the world pork scratchings pork scratchings yeah, yeah. so good it's alright so they give out these big super pigs all across the world sausages the sausages as well yeah uh, the biggest pig at the end of the 10 years won a prize the one like the, the, they would get like a big payout so they gave them all across the world so it turns out there's, there's this one in Korea uh, which is our hero who we meet so she, she's called Niho so she, uh, that's the name of the little girl she lives with her granddad on the farm and uh, yeah it turns out their super pig ends up being the biggest in the world so they want to take it back to New York so that's all yeah it's all the basic part of does Niho. it like run amok and climb the Empire State Building yeah and then shoot it down with planes wow so you know spoilers for Okja takes a turn but definitely check that's out that's the sequel Okja takes a turn coming soon Okja checks in belly of pork that's nice yeah you, what what other parts of the pigs do you want to name well I just like what else can like I'm trying to think of other food things I can shout out but no it's gone wrong um Okja how many Xenus I give it seven Xenus uh, I, I can... was it disappointing not at all. It was. It definitely took a different route to what I expected in terms of, especially the last half an hour. It gets really dark at times. It gets really, really. Yeah, there's some messed up shit in there. Um, in terms of, you know, you might get a look into the factory of where all these things go on, and it's pretty. Uh, you see a lot of giant pigs getting slaughtered. It's pretty grim. Yeah, yeah. It's Who would grim. win in a fight, Babe or Okja? That's the question on everybody's lips. That's a good question. And by everyone, I mean me. Well, Babe's definitely got the smarts. Babe. Babe's the, Babe knows. And and Babe is gallant. Very gallant. The gallantry quite, is on that side. Quite agile, yeah. But uh, Okja's got Archer's, the size. Okja's big and strong and loyal, very loyal. Oof, that Archer. Babe's pretty loyal. It's it pretty loyal. Well, well. I actually know the first film, pretty loyal. Babe's just trying to get off the farm. second one just fucks off to yeah, the exactly, city. that's what I'm saying. It's Sells out. Shit. Babe's a sellout. Okja seems like Babe 1 and 2 in the same movie, from what, from what you were saying. Yeah. It starts off on a farm. Yeah. And then moves to New York. It could be that, yeah. So it's yeah. like Babe and Babe 2 pig in the city. Together. like. Yeah, it's like a double bill I in one and with a giant pig. Yeah, but I definitely check out Okja. Like I said, <laughs> it's on Netflix. So check it out. It's it a, was at Cannes as well, right? Yeah, yeah, it was at Cannes. I had a, I had a whole controversy around it at Cannes. That, but, and the Adam Sandler film, which is supposed to be quite good. Yeah, that's a whole different... That's that's That was more to, more so to do with the Netflix, yeah. it being on a Netflix. It got booed, right? It did get booed. That and the Adam Sandler film got booed. Yeah. And the Adam Sandler film got booed for the wrong reasons, apparently. Because yeah. usually an Adam Sandler film should be booed. Absolutely. Roundly. Yeah. But then I think there's a whole thing uh, at Cannes, it's it's quite open to boo. Uh, and then the, if you look back through history, there's been a lot of great films that have been booed at Cannes. I'm Taxi saying, Driver. Taxi Driver being, yeah, the, the big one. It's like, you know, I think they're, they're very reactionary at the moment. And if, if. They booed, believe it or not, the second Ninja Turtles film. That's crazy. Uh, back, is it Out of the Shadows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the fuck were they thinking? I think I think it's the same as me and you. You know how we kind of have seven Xenos or one Xenos? We have it in between. Or or zero. Or, is, well, no, we don't have that, do we? One zero, one Zenu, one Zenu or seven Zenus. Praise be to Zenu. And I think 
can seem to be the same way. They either give everything a standard ovation and cheer it and love it, or boo it and say it's trash. Well, I think that's, they're the ones that we hear about. We never hear about the meh screens. Yeah. yeah. We never hear about the screen where half the people were standing up, half the people were sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> it was mixed. Which must which must happen at some point. Oh yeah. It was like me and you just like yeah, and then I was like <laughs> boo troll two. Um, so we you saw Okja. I saw Okja. And then the next one we've got that one it's a baby driver which is a film that got a standing ovation at Sundance earlier this year a baby driver is an upsetting one uh, in terms of the hiatus we've taken yeah because really baby driver deserved maybe a commentary for Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. that would have that means would have done a commentary for all the Edgar yeah, Wright movies yeah, yeah, yeah. and at the start of the year we did a, a talk about the films that were coming out yeah. and I think that was both of our like number one most anticipated there. it was very yeah it was definitely in our top three both uh, definitely for me, like it was the mm. film I spoke. I've spoken less about this year than any other film, because I was really, really excited for it. And when I'm really excited for a film, I tend not to go on about it. That's what I'm doing at the minute with Thor Ragnarok. I don't want to talk about it. Have you still not watched the trailer? I still don't watch anything. <laughs> it's because I'm excited, Joe. What's wrong with that? Has anyone, has like anyone like ruined any of the, like, the lines from the trailer? I've heard the "He's a friend from work" oh. line. Fucking hell. But I've not seen it in context. Yeah, I have but, an idea what it is. Yeah, but, but it's, 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 sort, it's sort of mildly ruined just because you know he says it. Well, you know. Like that, 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 that is the highlight, probably the highlight of the trailer. Well, there's a new trailer. Is there? I'm not seeing it. There's, the there's a new Justice League trailer as well, which I haven't seen. There is, yeah. There was all the Comic Con stuff as well, yeah. Apparently, there's like a leaked Infinity Wars trailer. trailer. Yeah, I, there was. It's, I think it's still online somewhere, but I've not watched it. I don't really want to watch the leaked version. I have been. I I've seen some films recently. Now I've seen probably like four or five films over the last six weeks. Mm. But yeah, for a while I'd slipped off being asked about stuff or just forgetting about some things. So like Spider Man came out. It'd been out for two days before I even realised. Yeah. Um, I've not seen a single Game of Thrones yet either. But anyway, Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Let mm. it talk about that mighty, mighty Baby Driver. B A B Y. So. This is my opinion on Baby Driver. I think the first two thirds are perfection. Mm-hmm. I think the last third, the first time I watched it, I thought was a bit of a car crasher, if you excuse the pun. Nope. I felt like it went on too long. It could have ended two or three times. Uh, it gets a bit violent for violence' sake. Uh, second time I watched it, I actually liked the third act more. And I think it's near perfect. I think it's a fantastic film. I would agree. I think it is near perfect. Um, I probably have less of an issue with the third act than you uh, than yourself. I definitely agree. It's, if you split it up into acts, it's probably the weakest of the three. Um, but at the same time, I don't think there was any point in the film where I didn't feel like I was having fun. Even when, even when you know some shit goes down or it gets a bit serious, at the same time, it still felt it still felt very fresh. It felt very new, and uh, like we're saying, in a in a summer jam packed full of of big blockbusters and sequels and remakes and reboots. It was really refreshing to kind of have this smaller yet sort of. It was it was definitely a throwback to the sort of the seventies getaway films of old, um, which was awesome to see because again it's not a, it's not a genre of film that is that's up there as much anymore. I can't remember you know because now it tends to be if you have like a racing car film it tends to be like a Fast and Furious or Triple X two or whatever it is you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. It was good to have a film that didn't take itself seriously, but at the same time. You know, it really felt very fresh and original and new and exciting. And I felt like the performances were fantastic. Oh, yeah. I felt like um, well, that was the best I've seen John Hamm. I wouldn't actually know until about 10 minutes towards the end, it was the best I'd seen John Hamm in a film. Yeah. Uh, 
John Hamm started to grate on me a little bit. Um, I, I love Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. He was great. He was good. I didn't really like his character. Bats. You don't like bats. I thought his character was a little bit. It was just kind of a bit annoying. It was like stop being a dick. Um, but no, I thought I thought I, yeah, I, I thought um, I thought uh, Soul. Yeah, amazing, incredible. Kevin Spacey, best I've seen him for a while. He was great. Lily James. Lily even. James is so so adorable. Yeah, she was good. Uh, the two of them, their romance was was really well sold, and the the the, the man who played like his foster father, oh, yeah, who yeah. would communicate in a sign language. Was he called Joe? I think he's called Joe. But yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, really beautifully done, uh, and and really sort of that 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 was really heartbreaking. There's a moment towards the end, like, and to say this is this is um I think this is one of the things that sort of separates Edgar Wright from being one of the good directors to being one of the great working directors today is that. Any other, maybe you know, a lot of other directors would have just had this older mentor character as Joe, uh, but instead, what you kind of have there is obviously, as, as we all know, it's no secret the whole film is sort of predicated around music and mm. the sort of the soundtrack. And all you need is one killer track; it's all on the posters. Mm. Um, so to do a uh, a sort of idea where the one guy that's in his life that's looking after him, Joe, can't hear. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting trait because then you get visually you get something interesting because you get sign language on screen, which is you know might be more interesting than just a normal conversation anyway. But then to have Baby be able to listen to, to his music all the time and the guys living with Joe and not be able to hear anything, it's well, kind of like a sad poetic thing. But there's there. a really nice thing though where like you know he put his hand mm. on the the speaker and he'd hear the vibrations of the music. Yeah, so he still enjoyed music. Exactly. But yeah, the film again is is I think we talked about it before, but I'm a big fan of music and I'm a big fan of like the celebration of music yeah and this movie really was like you know there was a like Edgar Wright really put some thought into the songs mm. um, and, and how the songs fed the scene and you know we're going to talk about the Dunkirk later on you know and mm. Christopher Nolan the way Hans Zimmer uses the music like, to yeah. push the film along like I, f- I thought the music in this movie was a massive massive like you know there's a massive driving force behind it. It was a great choice, yeah. There's, in fact, there's that scene, I think it might be the second theme. Um, I mean, you've, you've got your first two opening scenes that are like two of the best scenes this year, I think, you know, maybe in, in a while, especially in this type of film. So the first scene, obviously, have you get away with the bell bottoms uh, song. And then the second scene, it's literally just uh, baby walking, walking down the street, listening to the hard and shuffle yeah. uh, with some coffees. And it's just the way that, you know, lyrics from the song will appear on the background on the street where he's walking. You know, there's like a the scene where he kind of this is scene just says yeah yeah the lines just say yeah 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 and it says it on one tree at a time. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's a really really great visual and you know audio experiences things like that. So we've got a comment from Morgan Jeremy Evans. Uh, hello Morgan. Uh, always good to see you. Apparently the soundtrack was made before the film, so it was all filmed to it. So or to fit it. Uh, that's all what Tarantino does as well. And yeah. Omega right they 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 think about the music that's going to go in the film before yeah. the so it may you know so you can sort of, you can you can see out when the film was made how how sort of, how planned out it is yeah Edgar Wright said that um, like I was listening to a podcast with him he's on the Nerdist podcast and he's saying that you know every one of his films even like you know Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz you know all the, all the films that he's done he always writes to a soundtrack as he's writing the script oh yeah yeah like Shaun of the Dead's got like Zombie Nation in it at the start yeah, yeah, and exactly. like so, Kerncraft and, and he, even then they have like a really great use of white lines in the in Shaun of the Dead as well so mm. You know, I think it's it's definitely you can definitely don't stop me now. That scene, you know. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can definitely tell that Edgar Wright is writing to music all the time, and I think this film allowed him to sort of just see the see let the world see into his mind what goes on in his brain as he as he sees this world and sees these characters, and, and we, we kind of got to see it through his eyes. And to come sort of round full circle on the conversation we had about trailers earlier, 
and how you don't want to see the Ragnarok trailer. Yeah. I do wish I'd not seen the, the Baby Driver trailers now mm. because I did watch them all uh, and I was really excited to see them. I think two the two big stunts in the film were in the trailer and I wish maybe like I'd not seen them. Yeah. But very early on there's the scene where um uh Baby sort of does that that sort of like handbrakey the, thing yeah, between the two speed. cars. Yeah, yeah. Uh and then the bit when he runs over the car towards the end when the car tries to run him over. Yeah. Well, they were both amazing. Uh they were just just old fashioned sort of stunt work. Mm. Uh, real, real shit. I mean, after watching Fast and Furious Seven this year with CGI cars all Oof, over the gap, Nelly. like some of the maneuvering in this, in this, you know, some of the driving was just the technicality of it was awesome. Yeah, and uh, we can sort of go mild spoilers, but I think one of the film's great sort of choices is the fact that the the sort of the last final chase mm. of the movie is a foot chase. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. not a car. And and I thought that was a great choice, and the foot chase is amazing as yeah, well. It's really great. Because uh, it again, it kind of feels like at first you kind of feel like Baby might be out of his element, you know, because he's on foot and he's driving. He he feels a bit more vulnerable, but then at the same time, he's got some parkour moves. He's got some moves running around and stuff. So it was a, it was a nice surprise. Again, it was it was as the film kind of you know chugs along, it needed a way to keep itself fresh. And I think that was a, another new thing. It kind of just threw in there another spanner yeah, in the works. The foot chase was great. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yes, yeah, for me, like it's definitely a seven Z news. Uh, I was I was I was disappointed the first time I saw it with the end. Uh, I take it back now. I'm glad we've recorded sort of well after the film because yeah. I've had time to watch it a few times. And yeah, I remember speaking to you at first. And I remember you did sound quite disappointed. I was so. yeah, it was the film that I was looking forward to the yeah. most. I still maybe think it's the worst Edgar Wright film. Maybe yeah. yeah I mean, but then I'm not sure because whenever I watch it, I was at the best time. Yeah. But then I watched I watched Scott Pilgrim recently and. Uh, that still holds up as, as an amazing yeah, that's film. Amazing. Um, so I definitely give Baby Driver seven Z news, but I will say it's got my favorite line of the year so far, which is, uh, which is uh, towards the end. I, this is it's not really spoilery. Kevin Spacey says, "Don't feed me any more lines from Monsters Inc." And then loads of shotgun says, "It pisses me off." And once you see the film, you see it in context, yeah. you realize that it's it's just the way Kevin Spacey delivers the line, the timing of it all, the actual just, the way it kind of comes It's back. really subtle though, because you see Monsters Inc. in the movie. You see, you see Baby watching Monsters and Inc. And you hear him say the line, Yeah. but when he says it to Kevin Spacey, like, I didn't notice that he was, well, I didn't, and I don't think you were supposed to, were you? You were supposed to like, yeah. you go, oh shit. I only noticed it the second time I saw it. The first time I didn't realise that Baby had been watching it earlier on the film, mm. and at the point he's watching it, that's when he says the line. Yeah, yeah. And Baby also says that line to him again earlier on in the film. He says it a few times. Yeah. So. But, but yeah, like the, I just you forget that he just, cause for a split second, he wants to think it's on the TV. Uh, but yeah, that, that was great. And um, that reminded me of like old school Edgar Wright, sort yeah. of Simon Pegg writing. Yeah. Sort of the sort of, the setup and the payoff, just yeah, the delivery. So, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I thought it was a great film. I think it's, I think it's a magnificent film in a year littered with amazing films. This, this one does stand above, yeah. or not above, but up there with with with, with the top ones. Well, what, how I feel about Baby Drivers, even if it's not one of the best films, it's definitely one that's going to sit with me because it's definitely one of the most unique. I feel. I uh, think. I, for me, like this year has been uh, an absolute like we've been spoiled with. With a lot, a lot of great films. Because when we when we talk about our top ten, the films that aren't in my top ten could have easily filled the whole top ten of last year. Like it's crazy. The the, the honorable mentions this year are better than the films we've had in the last couple of years. I feel. I'm looking forward to recording the end of year one because there's still films to go. Yeah. But no, yeah, I think Baby Driver is a tremendous film. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's still out at cinemas. It's still, still, uh, yeah. still sticking around. 
um, which is awesome and it's still getting half decent sort of screenage as well so go and see Baby Driver if you haven't if you have what did you think there's a comment thing there just put it in the comment tell us what you thought tell us what you thought uh, so next on our list I believe is Speederman 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 Homecoming Homecoming <laughs> so I wasn't really bothered about this movie I felt like the trailers didn't show me anything I'd not seen before it felt like like I, I couldn't figure out how they could make Spider-Man like the CGI aspect of Spider-Man especially flying around and doing Spider-Man things like, I couldn't see how they'd make that interesting again and you could chuck Tony Stark in there and stuff but I, I wasn't sure uh, massively impressed with this film massively impressed I think it is the most uh, to say that it's a Sony slash Marvel film. Yeah, it is the most Marvely universe of all of them. I think. I think there's so many that it's connected to. Like, do you mean of the MCU? As well? The MCU is yeah, it's, yeah. it's the most. It's the most. It, there's the most references. Mm. They really go out of their way to make this fit into the to the DCU. Not yeah. DCU. What the fuck? MCU. The MCU. We got this. Fucking hell. We got it. It's okay. Right, turn it off. <laughs> this is bullshit. But no, the MCU, yeah. uh, this really fit with the rest of them. Yeah. I felt like there was wicked little hints, little mm. but in backdrops and to other films, other th- scenarios, and you know, obviously the the main story itself. You know, there's like Chitari t- t- weapons and weapons from Sokovia. Yeah, yeah. Loads of shit like that. Um, so yeah, and I felt that, that that was a really good sort of cornerstone. Like you know, for the movie, yeah, I'm with you. I I felt the same way going into the film. I wasn't overly excited. I thought, you know, I don't know how it's going to top the likes of Spider-Man Two. You know, the last two Spider-Man films we've had haven't been great. You know, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Two. I know that we got you know the rights book back to Marvel, whatever. Um, but again, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. This is the sixth Spider-Man film in what 15, 16 years. There's a lot of them. Is it going to be? Is it going to be anything to show me that's new? It, it, I think it did. I think it did. I think it did. But then going into the film, like I said, the, the only thing I was really excited for was to see Michael Keaton as a villain. He was good. And holy shit, he met my expectations and then went and then some. Like I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I think uh, the sort of there was like a the underground aspect of it all. The sort of his crew that went from you know Avengers site to Avengers site, cleaning up after them, getting all the weapons stuff. That was absolutely. I could easily watch a film just of that. It was cool. That I could drop a film just of that. Um, I was watching. Um, in fact, there was an interview with a uh, what's his name, Chio Coco. He did. He wrote. He was like the showrunner for Luke Cage, and he said he thinks that um, not since Die Hard have you had a film where you root as much for the bad guys as you do for the good guys. Which I thought was an interesting comparison. I, don't know if, I can't think of another one off the top of my head where it's true. I don't. I don't. I can't see that. But I thought it was an interesting idea, though. I thought Michael Keaton's character. Was was great. I thought Michael Keaton was awesome. Mm. I felt like Michael Keaton's character needed, could have done with a bit more of seeing him as a nicer person. Yeah, because you know he is doing it for his family, and he did he does feel hard done by, and there's the rich and the poor, and there's, you know, but you know, the rest of his crew were just criminals. Oh yeah, of course. No, I agree. Um, and he was very much like, you know, by by the second half of the film, he's like, he just wants to kill people. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he kills one guy by accident, doesn't he? He kills the shocker by accident. Yeah. Um, we might as well spoil stuff because, again, it's been out for ages. But he kills the shocker and he makes a new shocker. He goes, oh, you're the new shocker now. Shocker but when he kills him, he doesn't know it's going to do that, does he? No. So it does that, he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. Now, I just thought it was an interesting idea, but I really love Michael Keaton in the film. But then we've got to talk about Tom Holland. I really think he's the best Spider-Man we've had. I really think he is. I think he's the best Peter Parker. I think he's the best Spider-Man. I think he. I think this is a film. I think this is a lot of the time. I think this is the film that people say Wonder Woman was. I, 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 you know, it's a character that genuinely enjoys being a superhero. Genuinely enjoys the just be able to swing around having fun because he's a kid. I think that's how it should be with Spider-Man. You know, I think we've got bogged down with this thirty or man issues where he's you know oh everything's terrible and everyone's gonna die. And there is an element of danger in this film, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, there's just such a wonder of, there's like a, such a feel of joy and wonder to the film. Where you go in this film as well is, is that, you know, you see Spider Man is, is never really, I mean, obviously in Civil War, he sort of gets his ass kicked. Yeah. But he's sort of not, he's not deflated by getting his ass kicked by Captain America. He just gets up and he has, he, he laughs about he's it. He's actually quite happy that he got to fight Captain America, held his own, in the end, he got, got whooped a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, Civil War, uh, you know, there's the, there's always an overarching thing that no one really wanted to hurt each other. Yeah. They're only fighting. People saying pulling the punches, whatever, you know. Yeah, so in this movie, we got to see Spider-Man sort of like, he was just a young guy who basically like just wants to be a, a crime fighter. Yeah. And the reasons that he wants to be a crime fighter are, are, are still because his uncle Ben got murdered. But in this movie, there's a great moment where they just allude to it. And that is it. Yeah. They just allude to Uncle Ben. And Aunt May, sort of what they've gone through, and then that, the film just carries on. And f- for me, like, yeah, it's the first time you see Spider Man just sort of realize that he's out of his depth, or he gets a bit, you know. Yeah. And what did you think to Tony Stark's role in the movie? I thought he was really good. I thought, um, you know, again from the trailers, a lot of the marketing was based and predicated around Tony Stark. Well, yeah, and there was that that shot, which is not actually in the movie. Yeah, where they're flying together. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I thought I th- I hoped I hoped Iron Man wasn't going to be in it too much because I you know I did want Spider Man to get his own time and I didn't want them to have to use the Iron Man crutch as it were, but I thought when he was in it he was really really interesting and I think there are there are shades of the first Iron Man in this film I think that you, you can kind of see the echoing of that yeah and you can definitely see the mentor you know almost father son relationship what, that they have well what what you've got in this movie which is really and. For me, I, I thought Tony Stark should have been in the movie a bit more. There's a few more scenes. Yeah. Because he sort of has three scenes. Yeah. And they're all sort of key to the movie. But yeah. the middle scene, he says, I wanted you to be better. Mm. You know, and all that stuff. And what if you died? And basically, you know, Iron Man and Tony Stark has got a lot of guilt on his mind. Yeah. And a lot of the movies, are, they do it, they're exploring that now, aren't they, as, as we move on. Yeah. Tony Stark with the Sokovia Accords and trying to make amends for the things he's done in the past the collateral damage you know the, the, you know, and all that stuff and he still wants Spider-Man to be more small time and protect the little guy and not be that guy who creates loads of death and disaster mm-hmm. whether it's by accident or not you know yeah. and he says I wanted you to be better like Tony Stark knows inside you know he's got the guilt of, of, of you know Ultron in him and everything like that and it's not and he doesn't have to say it he just has, you can just sort of see it and hear it in his voice he says I wanted you to be better he didn't, you know destroying boats and shit like that isn't what he wanted for Spider-Man yeah it's definitely it's a wiser Tony Stark that we see it's a more it's an interesting version of Tony Stark that I don't think we've fully seen yet because you know even in Civil War he's still got that stubbornness to him and now we kind of see I think this version of him he definitely has a lot more regret 
I mean, obviously, Civil War, the whole reason he goes to that side is because of his regret and, you know, because of, you know, feeling bad of things that's happened before. Well, but he's Tony Stark. He always exactly. goes too far. Yeah, yeah. But, but in this film, we definitely see a side of him where he is very much so. Like, he's very level-headed. He's very much like, you know, this is what being a hero is. And, I'm you know, I wish I could have been like you when I was your age and I wish I could have been the hero that you you're, should be now. Uh, so he's definitely, there's a lot of regret there. And it's, it's a really interesting reflection uh, of yeah. Iron Man onto, uh, onto Spider-Man. And there is, you know, an Iron Man... You know, Tony Stark and all, all the superheroes, they, they sort of, you know, in the end, they're responsible for sort of the deaths of people, things like that. And Tony Stark's just trying to protect a teenage boy from those feelings as well. Yeah. The, the feeling of, you know, what, you know, if you may take a life, you know, that's going to live you forever. You know, if you, if you, if you die, that's going to live with me forever because I, you know, I recruited you, so, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I like the use of Ho- Happy Hogan in the movie as well. Yeah, he was I thought great. John, F- John Favreau was great. I was I wasn't expecting to see him in the movie, but he was a really integral part to the I'm story. I'm glad he was there. He's he's always funny. He's always funny. Was uh, as Happy Hogan. Yeah, he's been he's been great. In Iron Man one, two, and three, and uh, yeah. So I was glad to see him pop up again. Well, yeah, it was a great. I mean, it was. I was really surprised with, with, with that direction of the film. Actually, I think the one thing the film did do was surprise me a lot. Mm. It did feel so fresh. Um, and yet so familiar because we got this, we had the MCU elements um, but no Happy Hogan and especially that, yeah, Happy Hogan being in it like, and being really funny and helping with the move and that was all building up to something that was going to happen at the end yeah yeah all that shit was great I, 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 I have to be honest man like, I think I think it's a great film I think it, it's up there with the best Marvel films yeah. I think uh, and there's some Marvel films you know with you know like, like Guardians 2 mm where they didn't really want to have anything to do with the Marvel Universe. They just wanted to make a standalone one this time. Which is fine. It works better. Which is a great films. film. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this movie, I suppose it has to do that to get Spider-Man to fit because we, we all know the outside wrangles of yeah. studios and all that stuff. Rights and whatever. Rights yeah. and, 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 you know, Spider-Man just sort of pops up and he hasn't got an origin. And that movie sort of, you know, it gets rid of the origin story, and it's more of the origin of Spider-Man being a man, yeah, as opposed to Spider-Man becoming a superhero. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it was, it was, it was again. We talk about, you know, this is the sixth Spider-Man film in however many years. You need to do things we haven't seen before. So the fact that, like we said, we spend more time on the actual Peter Parker and Spider-Man growing as, a, like you said, it from a boy into a man. I think that was a more integral part that we needed to see rather than how he got his powers because you know most people even people that aren't comic fans know how he got his powers yep. know what happened to Uncle Ben it's, I think it's, his friend Ned mentions the radioactive spider yeah like that you that's know, it yeah yeah there's, there's, a, there's a lot of throwaway lines about stuff that it's almost as if to say yeah everyone knows yeah we know. know Uncle Ben got shot we know he got bit by a spider let's go so I've got one massive complaint though oh. uh, and that is the Spider-Man suit is oh more, yeah no I agree like, with you on that it's got like Jennifer Connelly's voice inside it which I thought was I like the fact that Jennifer Connelly was the which voice I know, Jennifer Connelly was married to Paul Bettany who mm. was obviously Vision. the voice of um, Jarvis in Jarvis. the first time and that was Vision yeah yeah but no um, there's a nice there's a nice bit about the Vision as well as a nice reference to the Vision in this film which I thought towards the end oh yeah there, yeah yeah uh, he's like he doesn't really like to use doors, like walk doors yeah, yeah. Um, but no uh, his suit like, cause he, bear in mind it's not a mechanical suit it's literally yeah. like lycra or whatever spandex it's like a weird fibre suit and he puts right? it on his head and then it connects to his body like seamlessly which annoys yeah. me anyway but inside this sort of it's a, it's, a, it's a head made out of material but it's got all the 
the Iron Man majiggery inside it. it. It basically, yeah, you know how well it's like how Jarvis is in the first film. It's basically that. It's basically an AI system built into his suit. So it's got reconnaissance and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I thought, oh, that was a bit unnecessary. I mean, but then it also made Spider-Man different to the other Spider-Mans. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm glad they didn't overutilize the wings that he's got in it as well, because I yeah. wasn't keen on the spider wings. But no, that's my only complaint was the Iron Man-iness of the suit. No, I agree. I think I think it. I understand what they're trying to do, you know, to try and keep it new. But at the same time, I don't think you need it for Spider-Man because, like, you know, like we were saying before, the whole point of Spider-Man is that he's he's meant to be a lot more street level, hmm. low key. You you know you know you don't need a big fancy suit to take down the type of people he'll be dealing with. Hopefully. Well, I think I think the 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 idea behind it was. And I'm sort of justifying my own criticism now. I'm sort of sticking up for the film somehow, but he is a boy. He's got these special powers, so he can use them, but he hasn't got the rest of that. Yeah. Which is why, you know, the training wheels program, which is built into his suit, doesn't give him all that stuff yet. It's more about him easing his way into being a superhero, if that makes sense. Yeah. So all the reconnaissance and the, the you know, and, and all the stuff, you know, all the things that are built into his suit. They're things that he's going to need to learn as a superhero. Whereas in most films, a superhero just, if they have superpowers, they, they don't have tactical knowledge. And they yeah, have, yeah. you know, so <clears throat> it was a realism to Spider Man needing that sort of equipment that makes sense to be who he is. Because you can't just go from a teenage boy to a crime fighter without, like, a, you know, like, like a man in a chair. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, film. a man in a chair. Yeah, which, yeah, he does a great job of making that joke about, yeah, yeah. And Ned, Ned's scene where he gets his, his man in the chair moment is great, and the, the librarian says, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm the man in the chair." He's like, "Yeah, he's like, I'm looking at porn." Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. try and get out of yeah. it. And um, the film has really great humor. Yeah, so funny. It's, yeah, no, I like I like the school videos that are like re- like eight is edited. Yeah, they're really awkward. And the girl from uh, Nice Guys, she's like oh, yeah, one yeah, of the hosts saying, of that. Yeah, yeah. um, Cast wise, though, real quick, uh, I thought um, Donald Glover was great. Yeah, he wasn't in that much, but he was in, he was great. Um, I think his, well, his character, the comic, in the comics, there goes on to become the Prowler. So maybe he'll be in the sequel or something. It's know. like a, a villain. Yeah, even yeah. more so. Yeah. I mean, he says my nephew lives in Queens. Well, his nephew, in, well, in the comics, uh, his nephew is Miles Morales. Yeah, who is another Spider-Man. So yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see if they do anything with that in the sequel or anything. Yeah. I liked um, the, the lad who played Ned was great. I don't know his name. No, I can't remember his name, but he was so funny. Hannibal well. Burris, like whenever he was in the film, <laughs> yeah. really good. And then they had. They, well, this is another thing I've talked to this about a few people. They did something <laughs> interesting with Flash Thompson, um, yeah. Uh, and I really liked it because a few other people have said that they didn't really like it. But I think, um, again, bear in mind this is a sixth Spider-Man film. We need to do something new and interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think because obviously they're at a science school, so you can't have a normal jock Flash. You know, you really, really bullying Peter Parker. So I think what you can have is. Well, what they did in this film is that you kind of had someone that really really thought he was the shit but then everyone knew that he was kind of a douche as well well he sort of is the shit because he's he amongst is. he's amongst geeks yeah he's like he's like he's like a rich he's called by geek standards he's got money yeah he's got money and with money he's got overconfidence but then I think he you know it, it, it does get to show that he's kind of a he's kind of awkward and he's he's kind of lame in his own right when the, when he goes to that party and he's you know like hey penis Parker and he plays like the brah, 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 brah. yeah yeah so I think you can kind of see that even though he thinks he's really cool but then he it, might be the only person that thinks he, he does is. get the whole party singing penis Parker that's true he does so you know I think the fact that, well I think it's the idea that he's just like instead of Flash 
sort of ears flash is in terms of his character to show off. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, played by uh, Tony Vespoli. He's a guy from Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, his name. and he's also in the Table Nineteen. Tony Ravioli. I can't Tony remember. Tony Ravioli. Yeah. But yeah, he is great in the movie. He's really good. Yeah. Some of the casting is is is, is Bob on. I thought uh, Zendaya who played. I mean, I think we found out her character's name is MJ, MJ at the end of the film. She was good. Which is not Mary. It doesn't stand for Mary Jane, does no, it? No, no. So she's she might not be Mary Jane. And she she also looks at Spider Man at the end a bit like. Ooh. Yeah, she's with little little googly eyes. Mm. So cool. I think the next film could be like a Pretty in Pink scenario or and, like. And uh, Marissa Tomei really liked her. Fantastic. Really liked her with that man. Uh, I like <laughs> the fact that everyone in the movie thinks she's hot. Yeah, it's a good joke. It's a good like running joke. And she gets like free free like dessert at the yeah, restaurant because yeah, they're all like joking about oh she's the one with the hot auntie. And there's a good like bit of wordplay with the lava. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Spider-Man: Homecoming is, and, and I say this a lot, like because a lot of the Marvel films they get sort of lumped into oh they're all the same, but this is definitely up there with like the last couple like Ant Man mm. and, and and Doctor Strange, you know, and now this. I mean, these are really sort of like, they're really like their own movie as well as being part of a universe. Yeah. It's a very quirky, very lovable film, very well directed um, by, by you know, only a second time director. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, that's still at cinemas now and you should go and see that and that is a seven web-slinging Xenus. It's definitely seven web-slinging Xenus. There's also a joke that has a, uh, a human dog sex joke in it. Which bit was that? There's a what does he say? Oh, it's when Tony Stark's on about screwing the pooch. Yeah. He's like, not only did you screw the pooch, but the pooch gave little birth to little hybrid human dog babies. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, anyway, it's not my best analogy. So. And uh, the Captain America. Oh yeah, the clips, the, the, the sort of public disclaimer clips that. The one, the, the detention one is great. There's a detention one. There's if you see the post credits. The post credit scene is. Oh man. It's, it's probably it's one of the best post credits. It might be my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also like a massive fuck you as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no I loved it man that really tickled me uh, and also the first time the one that you see in the trailers where you're in gym and he's yeah. he actually he points he says your coach and he points to the wrong side <laughs> of where Hannibal Burris is which I really liked as well yeah so definitely both recommend Homecoming uh, oh and just one more scene Michael Keaton reveal yeah that, movie. that twist I won't, we won't say what it is Cornelly there's a twist of Rue which comes out of the blue. That's a good rhyme. And how do you do? How do you do seven Xenu? <laughs> um, yeah, that it might, <laughs> Sorry. It might be my favorite <coughs> Spider-Man film. <coughs> I think it might be. I think it's. Um, I think it's a little. Maybe repeat viewings might have it close for you. Maybe it might surpass Spider-Man Two, the original Spider-Man Two. The original Spider-Man Two is fantastic as well. Really good. But then no, this film's amazing, like in terms of, yeah. like it's a comic book movie. It's amazing. That's like, a cracking film. Mm. So next you have Apes, Planet of the Apes, also known as Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. No, this one's War. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. War. So this is this is War for the Planet of the Apes is a film that I've only seen about half of, mm-hmm. and it's been out forever. Yeah. And I hear the best things about it. And I still haven't seen it. I need to sort my life out. What did you think to Planet of the Apes 3? This was, for about a week and a half, my new number one favourite film of the year. Uh, I'll get. Uh, we'll get to the other film later on. Ooh. 
But I absolutely love this Stay film. tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. But I absolutely love this film. I really, really did. I think um, I loved... I mean, this is a film that's really caught... This is a trilogy that's really just caught me off guard of how good it was going to be. I mean, the, I still like the first... I haven't seen the third one, obviously, but I still think the first one's better than the second one, personally. Yeah, and I think I think that's the majority consensus. I, I personally prefer... Well, I did prefer... No, most people like the second one more than the first. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one, like, the third one, like, the second one got everyone buzzing for the yeah. third one, so... So, yeah, I always have Rise, which was a nice out-of-the-blue surprise, and which was really, really great. And then you had Dawn, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. And then War, I think it had... It was the first time where I had really high expectations, you know. It was the first time I was like, okay, we've had two great films. Let's finish this trilogy out on a high note. And it surpassed my expectations. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I think that, obviously, most of the screen, most of the film is carried by Andy Serkis. And to me, that's my favourite performance of the year so far, is Andy Serkis as Caesar. I think it's, it's unbelievable. It definitely has echoes of Logan <clears throat> I think it, there's definitely sort of there, there's similarities in there between you know, I haven't seen this film and I've seen Logan so try not to like that That sounds like a spoiler that's not a spoiler um, so you just, be, you just be careful there hey, I'm not talking about any you, spoilers in the words of Brian Cranston yes tread lightly yes look <laughs> that's no spoilers I, I, I'm talking about in terms of the performance that he gives Do you know what I've noticed I actually look like I think I look like Caesar can see that a bit, yeah, yeah. Especially like before, <coughs> I, I, my my beard got crazy, crazy scruffy, and my hair was all over the place until recently. You could be Caesar. And I was doing a screen check. Uh, quite, I could. I, I, I say screen check. I watched about fifteen minutes of the film, but I was watching it, and I realised if I sort of went like this, <laughs> it'd be together. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and, and I was like, shit, I need to shave because I was. <laughs> and I found myself all spent most days just walking around like. Supervisors together, strong, <laughs> strong. Cinema world strong. Um, but no, no. Uh, Andy Serkis has been great in the other two. Yeah, I think this is this, this is, is like he's like you know I think the creme de month. Whether, whether this is the best of the three films, that's up for debate. But I think I think it's my personal favorite. But I think it's definitely his best performance, Andy Serkis' best performance of the three. Um, and what this is the other thing I, I was kind of talking to. I saw it with Matt, and we kind of talked about it, and I thought. The, the way Matt Reeves kind of shoots this film the cinematography of the film the attention to detail there's so much care in the film there's so much you can it's it just and again that was something that was really refreshing to see is that in these big blockbusters especially in the, the third film of a trilogy you don't always see this sort of level of care and attention to detail and really kind of rewarding the viewer I feel like in terms of it's not just throwing shock at you it's making you think about you know characters motivations and, and the consequences that they'll have um, it's kind of it's 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 almost this biblical journey that you kind of have, which is you know there've been aspects of that from from the three. You know you kind of have you know people compare Caesar to like Moses, and you know he's kind of taking his people to the Holy Land, and but this film obviously directs uh, sorry ties directly into the original nineteen sixty eight Planet of the Apes movie. Um, so you know this is this is this is sort of the, the last in this trilogy. That's you know I'm not I'm not giving anything away here. Yeah, you are. How am I? Because <clears throat> I've seen the original. Yeah. So what you're telling me is they, they 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 nuke Earth at the end of this? No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. They nuke Earth. You'll see. And at the end, at the start, because in Rise, yeah, you see the, the ship. Heston. You see the ship going up into space. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So at the end, they come down. But the end of and, this and, film. And, uh, at the end of this film, it's a wasteland, and, and apes rule it. And then at the end, the spaceship lands. That's not true. That yeah, that's what you've just told me. That's not true. Well, that's my prediction for the film. The film's already come out. <laughs> that's my prediction for that's the film. That's my prediction for, for the two months. And I could be well off the mark because I haven't seen it. 
but that's how I would have ended it. And I'd have had a, a CGI Charlton Heston. <laughs> Stepping out of spaceship. A la Princess Leia. <laughs> Hope. Hope. Uh, so, yeah, it's Seven Xenus for sure. It's definitely Seven Xenus. I definitely recommend it. I don't know if you will love it as much as I do. I need to watch it. I watched the first 15 minutes of it. I was like, shit. Woody but, Harrelson's great. There is... There's a lot of this. This is the other thing that there is a lot of imagery uh, that is, you know, very sort of that you've seen before in war films. There's some shots in there that it looks exactly like Saving Private Ryan. At one point, they're kind of walking through a wasteland, and there's there's graffiti everywhere, and it says "Ape Apocalypse Now." You know, there's some awesome, awesome like war cinematography, uh, some really like great usage of like what looks like war battle scenes that are, you know as good as we've seen in recent years. So, and that's directed by Matt Reeves, right? Directed by Matt Reeves, yeah. He's directed the new Batman movie. He is. Uh, I'm excited for the new Batman movie. I mean, if what, anything, was going to get me more excited for the new Batman. Movie. Rudy Jefferson is watching. Yeah, Rudy, we love you. Joe loves you. Do you, you love him as well, right? Nah, he's alright. Rudy and Morgan were both part of our live audience on the hundredth episode. They were uh, just fantastic, fantastic fans of the show, uh, and it's good to be back. Just to see that name pop up. Rudy Jefferson is watching. So safe in the knowledge. Wait a minute. So there's a comment from Rudy Jefferson. Says, yeah. Well, hello there, lovely ladies. He's talking to me. So, uh, so it says ladies. Oh, you as well. I was waxing lyrical about how amazing this guy is, and then he <laughs> calls me a woman. That's okay. Women are strong. Women are strong. Like, women together strong. Women together strong together. Yeah. We kill Aries. <laughs> Aries is behind all of this. <laughs> So what's next? Let me work out in my book. Let's have a look at the magical, magical book, book of what's next. Shall I talk about that? Or should we skip and go to... No, no, no. That. Talk, talk, about that. talk about that. All right. I saw The Beguiled, or The Bejeweled, I think it's actually called. The Bejeweling. Yeah. The Bejeweling of Emily Moss. Sure. So this was Sophia Coppola's remake of Clint Eastwood's original 1973, I believe. What film of the same name? Yeah, Beguiled. I'm, really? Yeah, I know. I didn't. I never heard of. The, I I'd heard of Beguiled, the new one, but I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a remake. Um, it's a remake. It's a remake. remake. So you got oh another stinking Hollywood remake. Another remake. Um, I know what you're thinking. This is another film. <laughs> did well at, this is the film did well at Cannes. 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 Uh, solid, solid cast. So you got Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, of course. Kirsten Dunst. She's in a lot of. She's the... in all of her. So a couple of films. She's in most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Colin Farrell's there. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Oh dear. Yeah, I know. And you have uh, who else? Elle Fanning. Yeah, that one. She's in a lot of the stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Dakota her. Fanning's. She's she's took a back seat she's now. Done. She's done for. Dakota's. She's she can she's she's gone. But Elle Fanning, yeah, she's she's great. Uh, so yeah, you have this new film. The Beguiled is sort of about so it takes place during the American Civil War uh, you kind of have like it's not necessarily like a nunnery but you kind of have like this this household of women and they're all sort of they're in the southern they're on you know they're in the south of Texas very deep south and they're all trying to it's, it's like this sort of house where they teach how to become a lady and it's very very proper and very oh hello you know like that they all knit and drink tea and learn French they learn French yeah they learn French um, so it's all very it's all very to do and then one day, an injured soldier strolls into their their yard, played by Colin Farrell, of course. Colin Farrell. Yeah, and uh, does he get does he get hearts a pumping? Well, he does. But does luckily, he get vaginas a flumping. Yeah, I think that's what the tagline for the film was. What, hearts a pumping, pumping, vaginas a flumping. 
If it wasn't, it should have been. <laughs> need to retcon that. But what I'm glad about is that he wasn't doing an American accent. Is he Irish? He's Irish. Well, I was saying just last night that when he's doing an Irish accent, yeah, he's, he's good. He's when he's not, yeah. he's, he's, he's shit. Yeah, I agree. That, and that's that's sort of the rule. So as soon as he opened his mouth, I sort of took a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, God, he's Irish. Thank, Hello. Thank God. And he's like, oh, my name is Colin Farrow. I'm a big guy, don't I? Because he's been threatening the war. I'm in a phone booth. Why is he? Fi- why is he? I suppose in them days, Irish people did fight in the war. Well, it turns out war. he was a mercenary. He was sort of a. He moved from Ireland. He was sort of for hire. Has he got uh, a bullseye in his head? Yes, he does. Is he bullseye? You made me miss. I never miss. I never fucking miss. Yeah, you. <laughs> if you're fucking silly, no one cunts. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the basic. The premise is that he gets there, he gets taken in. He's got all, he's all mangled up from the war. He can barely walk. Daredevils beat him up. Daredevil mashed him up. His eyes all mangled. Yeah, I've, I've thought always oh, he's fresh from Bruges. Yeah. You, oh, anyway, yeah, sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah, stop being silly now. Just doing Colin Farrell references. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm like a psychopath. So he's laying there like seven a, psychopaths, if you will. So he's laying there like a lobster. And they, they sort of they take him and look after him, and they uh, save him like Mr. Banks. They save him just like Mr. Banks, and then they go to the phone booth and they uh, they <laughs> and they make and they, they they create a minority report. <laughs> is there any more? Um, is his character called Alexander? Sure, no, that's a film he's in. Yeah, yeah, I believe he's in one of those ones with the Alexander. Yeah, sure. Alexander the Great. Yeah, one of them. Is it Angelina Jones in it, and he has sex with his own woman in it? I mean, that sounds right. So that doesn't happen. In the sounds time. hot. Uh, so they nurse him back to health, get him all healthy and stuff. But like I said, like I said, Joe, hearts are pumping, vaginas are flumping. Vaginas. Vaginas are flumping. So they all get jealous, and they all get flumpy vaginas. They all get flumpy. And do they fight? Do they start to betray each other? Maybe they all start to beguile each other. Sofia Coppola's movies are usually nice to look at. Sometimes they are good films. Sometimes they are like almost not films at all. But we're talking about they're like just, they're like yeah. pieces of paper. We were talking about this just before we went on. So obviously you have like things like Virgin Suicides and Lost in Translation. I think actually have a bit of depth to them. They do, but you have to sort of you know you have to do the work. Yeah. Uh, whereas something like Marianne Antoinette, it's just it's like it looks nice. It's but a music video. Yeah, there's not nothing there to it. Like Phoenix did the music for it. I yeah. think I think she's married to one of the guys from Phoenix. And like I said, it's not really a film. It's just sort of a, a montage of things that look nice. Yeah, and the the bling ring was good. It was just the right side of of small. Yeah. Um, but I find her films do lack a little bit of depth. Which I which I thought was what was refreshing about this film is that the characters are well thought out. Everyone has motivations that sort of make sense. It's very rewarding at times, uh, and it's it's yeah like these people are actual characters that have feelings, and they're not just sort of things that look nice. So Nicole Kidman is absolutely great in it as well. So I thought I'd give her a shout. She was really really good. Uh, but yeah, check out The Beguiled. It's good. It's 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 one of my favorite Sofia Coppola films. Seven Zenus for Beguiled. Seven Zenus for sure. All the Zenus are getting pumped out. Getting a lot of Zenus today. Aren't There's we? a lot of flumping Zenus. Uh, I feel like flumping needs to be a new word. Flump up the Zenu. Flump up the Zenu. Flump up the Zenu. Flump up the vagina. No, that's too Which far. Which I believe takes us on to the main entree. Or one of the main entrees. And then we have. So there's the a film. Is. It's possibly the best film of the twenty the 21st century. Let's that's, that's slow down. That's, this, is, this is where I'm at. Okay. You go. You do Christopher it. Nolan is a director that has made some extraordinarily good films. Some are flawed. Some of them are divisive, and then there's this one, 
Dunkirk is the best film of the 21st century. I think. I think. 21st it, century. I, I think it's the best film I've seen since 2000. Since, since before, I can't remember the last time I saw a film this good. This film is literally flawless. I'm gonna, I, I, I think it's perfection. From the opening shot to the last shot, it is just a tremendous, a tremendous achievement in cinema of of a genre which you know the the, the, the you know the war movie is one of the like sort of cornerstone you know archetypal sort of genres of mm. films and just when you think you've seen it all this comes and this is just two, an hour and 51 minutes of just tension and 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 and, and drama and the score is ridiculously good and it starts the, the score starts and it just doesn't end and it's like the movie has seamless direction some of the best the prop, one of the best directed films I've ever seen uh, I, I I really really believe it is, it is a masterpiece a masterpiece of cinema I think in 30-40 years time this is going to be seen as, as, as one of the greats one of the greats of, of, of cinema not just modern cinema of, of any of any time uh, <laughs> and, I, and it's weird when we stream I can see your face obviously next to me and I know that you don't agree I thought it was okay <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay no no I thought it was good I thought it was very very good I don't think it I. this is the thing I think this is, seems like a similar conversation we're going to have when we talk about Logan because I really like the film I just don't think it's as good as you think it is and that's all which is fine right what, okay what, what what didn't you like about it and this is, so this is I see, and you might disagree with this. I see Nolan mm-hmm. as quite Kubrick-esque. Yeah, it's very sort of uh, just uh, what's the uh, sterile I used. Yeah, it? yeah, and cold. I, and I think that's fair. And, I, and I'm not saying I'm not saying this isn't doesn't make it. This isn't a bad film at all. There's, I, I agree. There's hardly anything that's bad about the film, and there's hardly anything that's bad about Nolan as a director. But in terms of what I need from a film, in terms of what it sort of what what rewards me as a review and what I kind of would like to get out of films I leave a lot of Nolan films the same way I left a lot of Kubrick films which is quite cold and quite I didn't connect to the film how could you not connect with this movie that was all it's the most immersive experience like no I, I, I 100% agree it's very immersive I think I think this is uh, this, this is the thing where, where I stand on Dunkirk I think in terms of the technical level I agree with you it's one of the best films I've seen in the cinema in terms of the, the cinematography the score the sort of the sound design alone it's probably one of the best sound designs I've heard in a film. Like the first time a gun goes off, that's a fucking gun. Like you know, the first time you hear a, a, a jet fly, holy shit! Like that's that's exactly what you'd expect. It's like it's that rumbling in your chest that sort of. What about the narrative structure this is the and thing. the way it's knitted together? I I appreciate what it was doing. I I think it was an interesting idea of taking sort of a snapshot of of the you know it was it was by no means saying this is the Battle of Dunkirk. It was just sort of giving you a snapshot of each person in each of these lives. And I, I, I think it was an interesting idea. I just didn't dig it. You didn't dig it, no. But Cause like, because what I, what I wanted to in, the, in these war films, I want to know more about my characters, more than just the situation they're in. And I understand the situation is very dire. You learn a lot about these characters. Yeah, when you of course. Watch the film. But, but I want to. This is, the, I can, uh, This film is like Mad Max Fury Road in the sense that you learn about the characters and you care about the characters just through their plight through the storytelling 
which for me, like, bear in mind that, as I said about Nolan before, some of his films are flawed, and usually it's because the, the ex exposition is really, can be quite ham-fisted. There's a lot of things sort of told for you. This movie, like, there's very little explained. You have to sort of pick up, you know, bits and bobs from, from bits of dialogue. But what you see on the screen is what you know. And you can see, like, each character's personality, like, I think, personally. And they all have a common goal, and it's all just to survive. And for me, like, that, that for me, is, is the beauty of the movie. That, that for me, is that's the heart of the movie, is just there's these people, some of them young, younger than, you know, like, 20, who are just, like, just stuck and lost, and they just want to get out if you know what I mean and it's not about the there is there's a few hero-y bits but the film is about hero maybe heroism being about surviving and getting home as well as killing loads of people and shit like that and in that sense I thought the characters were so well drawn I felt like uh, Harry Styles character I thought was excellent and his arc I mean I think if you watch his arc through the film I think that that sort of you know sort of I don't know. That's my counter argument to what you said. Like his arc through the film, especially, is is beautiful. It's really, really sort of what's the word? I don't know. It's he hasn't. The film's emotionality is there for me. I couldn't find it for myself, and I think I, it's because I don't know. I couldn't tell you any of the characters' names. I couldn't tell you what they what they're about. Well, that, that's because it doesn't matter. But but I think it should though. It does to me. No. I, but what do you want? Like and the difference is though, like I know Furiosa, I know her backstory, and I know her name. I don't know any of the characters' names in Dunkirk, and I, I think, for me, I expect more than just the situation they're in for me to care about it. I want to know more about who they are in terms of me to care about. It. I know the whole goal of the film was to survive, but I, I don't want to feel like I'm expected to care when I don't know who any of these people are. They don't have the time though to talk about things like that. And that's fine. I, I'm not saying that that makes it a bad film. I'm just saying that's why I didn't connect. That's why I didn't connect with it. But I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying I didn't connect the way it the way I needed to. I know what you needed. You needed a bit where the guy's got a picture of his fucking girl at home. No, I don't want any of that. No, no. And right. he's like, "We're going to open a flower shop when I get back, and my little she's pregnant with my baby son. I can't wait to get home." You know, you want all that cheesy shit, don't no, you? No, it'd just be nice. <laughs> it'd just be nice to know one of. It'd just be nice to know one of their names is all. That'd be a good start. I know some of their names. What's one of their names? Uh, yeah. Mark Rylance, yeah, yeah, Tom yeah, Hardy. Apart from Mike Rylance, Tom Hardy, Harry, Harry Styles, Styles, and Killian Murphy, Cap Captain Styles, and Kenneth Branagh, Colonel Colonel Branagh. See, that's what I mean. You don't know the character names. But in 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 that in that situation they're in, their names are not important. They are to me. I'd like to know who I'm. I'd like to know who I'm rooting for. You're rooting f for the people themselves. Like it's like, oh I man, care about some cooks on a beach. I want to know their names. You're not. Oh, I can't believe my ears. <laughs> it's just crazy. But this um, is the thing. You're making me sound like I hate it more than I do because there are parts in this film that are genius. The, from the there's an opening shot where I think it's one of the best sort of visual cues I've seen in a while. Where well, there's two actually I'll talk about. One is where uh, the very first thing we see is that the leafless kind of drop down and it shows a little map and it's just got you are surrounded and it's got everywhere they're drawn around and again that's enough information given that you don't need to know anything else that's sort of it's perfect direction like you said yep. and another one is uh, the use of in Tom Hardy's plane when he, he uses he kind of works out how much jet how much jet fuel he'll have by right. riding down the time on the watch I just want to say amazing 
Tom Hardy isn't an actor that I'm a massive fan of anymore. He says he's mumbly. It mumbles the bass. Nearly every film he uses the Bane voice, or you know, or a variation of the of the, of the mumble. He even uses the Bane voice in the the gift gaff advert, whatever he does at the minute. Yeah, and in the there's a bit in the cockpit where he's got the mask on. It even reminds me of Bane, like. Mm. And then when he talks, he goes. But there is a moment in the film where Tom Hardy has to make a decision, mm-hmm. and it's about fifteen seconds of his face. Yeah, just thinking about and making the decision. Uh, and you won't see a better acting performance ever. I think it is absolutely beautiful. I think it is so such a, a wonderful piece of acting. And Tom Hardy in that plane, uh, fucking hell, man! To say he barely speaks is yeah, amazing. He was great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, I I can't rate because Dunkirk's still a few weeks old. It's, a, it's only a few weeks old, so I don't want to go to spoilers too much in terms of the narrative. But the way the narrative is structured. And the way it's knit together, personally, I think, is literally, like, I mean, it's it, it's it's such such a great idea, uh, so well executed, and we've seen narratives, you know, jumbled up before, you know, even like Memento in a yeah. sense where he tells the film backwards and the Prestige as well, the he prestige. Does that yeah, and you know, and obviously Tarantino does it all the time and mm. things like that, but the, his use of that and the, the time frames within each. A fucking hell, man. I mean, I, I, just amazing. Yeah, it's, but, it's clever. It's really clever. Uh, I don't think I breathed the whole way through. Mm. Uh, when it was over, I was I was happy it was over because it was a, such a tense experience. And there was a moment, there's a moment in a boat. That's all I'll say. Mm. Uh, and there's many boats in the movie, but there is a, there's a bit where Harry's... In, inside the boat. They're inside the boat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Harry Styles and the main character. He's sort of the main character. Yeah. What's his name again? We don't learn his name. Yeah, exactly. But we don't... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're just guys on a beach trying to get off. Like, no, none of them know each other. It's not about knowing each other anymore. <laughs> it's about... But anyway, they're in a boat. Shit starts to get really tense. I mean... And yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember thinking, oh, shit, I, I just want it to be over. Absolutely, yeah. Um, just, just wow. I mean, amazing. I mean, I, I wasn't so, I wasn't like, excited about the movie. I thought the trailers looked a bit. Yeah, I remember you talking to me about it. We, the, neither of us were like that the, excited. The tone it. of the trailers, the, yeah. the first trailer where you saw them, the soldiers turn and you hear them, the yeah, that was great. Yeah. But then the next trailer where you saw footage of the movie, yeah, no. looked a bit slow and a bit stiff, and that's because the movie has. A really unusual pacing. Well, I was going to say, I think, and there's no yeah. way you could trailerize that pacing. Yeah, you absolutely. have to watch the movie in its entirety to understand that. For me, what this is what sets it apart from most movies. Um, some of the best movies of the last 10, 15, 18, 20 years is some of the originality in not not necessarily the 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 the, the genre or the or the story because we have seen a lot of stuff before just the way the movie flows the the, the, the the direction it felt like I was, so it felt like something I'd never seen before mm. and no I agree it's definitely something I've never seen before it's it's I think that's what Nolan can always be sort of credited for is that he's a genius director and a master filmmaker and this is absolutely unique war film that I think was needed this is this is like his this is the film he's his his fan the, the fandom that sort of some people have for him yeah this is the film that I think we he finally he's finally earned it. it. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I agree with that. I think because well, when we talk about directors, mm. 
me and you probably say like Edgar Wright or Tarantino over Christopher Nolan yeah you know and a lot of people go Nolan and you go oh, Nolan and it was just harsh because I love like pretty much all his films but there's something about his films like you know that just always are a little bit I think that's, I think that's probably that's the same way I kind of feel about this is that it's it's, it's admirable it's, it's never, I don't think he's made a bad film uh, at all and I think he's like you said he's always, he's always made great films but they have some flaws here and there mm. and for Dunkirk it's not that it necessarily has flaws because I think I, it's I, a bit like Moonlight like I, yeah. I, I, I can see that Moonlight does everything it wants to do exactly and yeah. it does a great job but there's something about it that I needed more of I needed more of of, of each sort of third of each third of the film I needed a bit more of that yeah and it's there's nothing to do with the film which is kind of what I wanted as a viewer mm. um, which is you know again it's it's just sort of it's me being picky I suppose as, as opposed to the film being bad it's uh, you being a dick yeah it's me being a dick Jeff. I really I couldn't wait to speak to you about this I was I was so excited I watched it you'd see it in the daytime and I thought we we're both gonna be like yes this is it man like we've seen it like this is the film like one of those films that's going to get on that on that top ten list of all time one day. Yeah. You know that's new, and you're like, no, no, it's not for me. It's not going to be my top ten of the year. I can tell you now. It's not going to be in the top ten of the year. Nah. It's not in my top ten it's, right now. It's the, it's the best film of the year so far. <laughs> by 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 so far, it is ridiculous how good it is, and for me, it's seven Z news. Mm-hmm. You can say seven Z news. I don't give a fuck what you say anymore. Just fucking move on. Sorry, Joe. I give it seven zines, by the way. Yeah, well, no, no, you don't know, do you? Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's, well, a very, it's not a one zines film. Very, it's a very, very bitter and twisted, and just underhanded seven zines. Why is it? And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not your friend anymore. You gave Logan seven zines. I gave Logan seven. Logan and Dunkirk cannot. Be, I mean, you can compare them if you want, but yeah. there's no comparison. Is there not? No, because Logan is a decent, good film. Yeah, this, this is Dunkirk. I know Logan's <laughs> name though. You know, like, the film's called Logan. <laughs> I know. Maybe the guy in the film is called Dunkirk. You don't know. I do know. That's not his name. Are we moving on? Are you upset? I'm not upset. I just want to say again. Do you want a hug? No, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, just real quick. Yeah. Even though the name thing, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I've only seen it once. I'm only one. You're about the name thing. You know that, don't you? I don't really care. So I've seen it once. Uh, I'm seeing it again on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and when I come back, somebody, somebody, I'll see if I can remember a name then. So you need to see it twice to remember someone's name. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. I'm saying the names aren't important, and the film sort of makes that clear. Is it? Yeah. Not to me. Because there's a character in the movie that, that doesn't speak, and there's a reason why he doesn't speak, and no one really picks upon it apart from one character. That wait a minute, you don't speak. Yeah. It's because they're all just. They're all just slam da- slap dash t- hang together, and they haven't got the time to have that sitting around the fire, fucking looking at pictures of the wives and that's not what I said. talking I about the that. kids and shit. You know, that. saying you know, but but the names are insignificant. You know, what they go through and their performances are what's significant. But no, it's amazing. Dan Hardy, not Dan Hardy, Tom Hardy, fucking hell. Dan Hardy. Tom Hardy's amazing. So you know his real name. Dan Hardy's a, a UFC fighter and a commentator who I actually really love. He's from Nottingham. That's but that's not that's by the by. Tom Hardy is stunning. I just want to say that I've I've slagged him off a little bit and said he's like on the wane. You know I was getting a bit fed up with him. Fucking hell, like Tom Hardy in that plane is amazing. Kenneth Branagh, fantastic. Harry Styles, trust me, Harry Styles is good. Anyone who's thinking like Harry Styles, 
Harry Styles has the most dialogue, I would say. That's true, yeah, yeah. And he is. has the big emotional payoff scene at the end. Yeah. And he, and he I, mean, I wouldn't say he smashes it out of the park, but he handles it really well. Um, but no, just, 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 I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's flawless. And there's this guy next to me. He's a fucking idiot. It's all right. Move on. <laughs> so, we're down to our last film, I believe. Our last film. Which is The Big Sick. The Big Sick. So The Big Sick is a film that I saw the trailer for and thought, that looks really funny. Mm. That looks like a good film. But it also had all the hallmarks the, from what I could see of a of, the, of your, every year there's that comedy. The cliche indie. There's the, there's the quirky indie. It was, it was like one of those films that was going to sort of be, it's not going to be better than Lars and the Real Girl. as of that ilk. It's going to be like one of them type of films. A quirky little oddball. Yeah, or like that one with Harry Potter and uh, Andrew Dr- Adam Driver in it. Oh, yeah, sure. What if or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be one of those little bad boys. With like a Smith soundtrack. Yeah, or yeah, The Shins or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I was excited because uh, Camille... Camille Nanjiani. Nanjiani, yeah. who is... Amazing in Silicon Valley, yeah. as is everyone. Yeah, yeah. But that was my only sort of prior experience with this guy. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he's in fight. He's in what? School fight. Oh, fist fight. Fist fight. Yeah, he's in yeah, that yeah. a tiny bit and massively underutilized. Yeah. But this 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 film exceeded any expectations. Any any. I mean, I I went into it not really knowing much. Mm. Um, and what I got was a raw, powerful, beautiful movie. Um, it is very funny. The The movie, it, though, is quite dr- dramatic. There's a lot of dramatic turns in the movie. Uh, and the movie's comedy, a lot of it is, 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 is drawn from those serious moments. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of 50-50 in that sense. Mm. It's sort of the, you know, and for me, the best comedy is mine. The joke, apart from maybe like spoofs and silly shit like that, yeah, but yeah, sure. They mine their comedy from like tragedy or sadness, you know. And this is one of those movies. Um, uh, I, I, I've got to be honest, man. It's such a, such a pleasant surprise. Such a yeah. beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah, I, I, I probably felt the same way going in. I was, I, you know, I was, I'd heard a bit about it. It was more so word of mouth that made me more excited than anything else because. Yeah, from the trailers, I thought again. I thought it looked very nice. I thought it had a nice little cast: Ray Romano, Holly Hunter. There, you've got Zoe Kazan, who's in all the films. Yeah, yeah. Of the, of the, you know, she's in the lovable, the lovable sort of quirky girl. Yeah, so she was popping up there. So I thought, oh, this is quite nice. Got a few little, uh, like, up and coming stand-up comedians as like his mates in the film. Bo Burnham's so, in it. Yeah, so I thought Bo Burnham smashes it every time. So I thought this was going to be a nice little film, and then and then like, going into it again, it was I see that it was on. It'd been on ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. for about six weeks, mm. and I was like, "Oh shit, this is actually this is doing numbers." It I know it originally opened about fifty theaters in America, and then increased about five hundred. So the word of mouth was was got me more excited than anything else. So I sit in the film, and I thought, by the end, by by the time the credits come around, I was like, "Holy shit!" And I, you know, I said I had a new favorite number one of the film, number one film of the year, and this is it for me. This is this is a really special film for me. Uh, it's a great. It special is the word. I think. Um, yeah. I think it's the it's this year's sort of hidden gem. Yeah, absolutely. And I, this is the thing as well, is because you know we talk all the other films we talked about today. You know, Baby Driver and Planet of the Apes and Spider Man. It's like if I could recommend one film to go see in the cinema, it would be this. Um, as, as well as Dunkirk, it's obviously the experience, but you don't really know his name, so it's fine. 
So just just real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm ignore your fucking Dunkirk thing. <laughs> I don't think I didn't hear it, bitch. So we have some comments. Yeah. From another big fan. Of oh, the, Shasta. Yeah, yeah. Of the show. Uh, hello. So the first comment said, train wreck was rubbish. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the two things that, that, that this is going on with Trainwreck is that they're both Judd Apatow produced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really like Trainwreck, I have to say, though. I, I enjoyed disagree it. with you. I thought that was fun, one. yeah. But it then said, I bet, it said Trainwreck is rubbish, I bet Big Sick was too. And then we started reviewing it, and it was like, okay, I will watch it. And it's like, right on. There we go. Job done. That's what we do. That's what we do, baby. What we do. You're welcome. That's how we go. You're welcome, Kamel. Vagina's flumping. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I really, really love The Big Sick. I thought it was a really, like we say, it was a really special, heartfelt movie. It's a film that really hit home because, again, you know, even though there aren't really arranged marriages in my family, it's not. I'm not that Indian. This, well, I mean, you're arranged to marry me. Well, yeah, but that's you know. Did no one tell you? That's on, that's a different one. This is what well, this is. This is this is. You didn't know it's a big secret. Is that you're just telling me now? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of it's it's just really nice at the moment to sort of see. This is kind of a, a probably a side note, but you know. You kind of talk about representation in movies, and for a long time, I I probably didn't see the importance until I started to see it more. So I see like Master of None, and I see they have you know like they have an Indian family in there, and I'm like, oh shit, that's kind of like my family. That's kind of cool. And it's the same in this one. It's like you know, I've, I'm I think I'm starting to realise now that it's actually quite nice to see people that look like my family be on screen as well. Yeah, and it's quite nice to see. What we're getting nowadays is we're getting a lot of films about the sort of the minutiae of being a stand-up comic. Yeah. So, or you know, someone who wants to make it in comedy, um, uh, Mike Babilia, like his last film, mm. which had Keegan Michael Key in it. Which was that one? The one uh, you've seen it as well. Oh, um, uh, the one of them gets a part in Saturday Night Live. This is us. The, yeah, I think so. I've read it written in here. Yeah, there's a film called Obvious Child as well about a stand-up comedian who gets yeah, it was pregnant. Like Jenny Slate, right? She was that. Is that her name? Don't think twice. Don't think twice. That was what it was called. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few f- and funny people, which is another Judd Apatow film. Mm. So we've getting a lot of films recently, the last five or six years of, of of what it's like to be a stand-up comedian trying to make it. So we get a nice little look into that world. Mm. Um, but Master of None, you know, um, Aziz Ansari is sort of, you know, he, he's he, that Master of so good. I think it's because it's so personal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and what we've got in this movie is just another like a really heartfelt personal movie. Yeah. Um, and when a movie is made with that much care uh, and attention, and, uh, but, and but also you know a passion for you know its origins and things like that, you know like you say yeah it does do it does great to introduce other cultures, you know this film does a lot to sort of break down the barriers of you know, you know like the the way that the way that uh, Camille's character, you know the way he he sort of sort of religion is sort of ruling him. You know, and he's sort of fighting back. He doesn't pray. It, you know, there's things he doesn't do. Yeah. But then at the same time, like he still like has to do what his family. You know, he has to sort of live that second life for his family. Yeah, of course, yeah. And the film does a great job of just about, you know, just 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 showing you that religion, religion's barriers don't need to be there anymore. Mm. You know, and they can be replaced. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I can't explain it. You know, is love and caring for everyone. Well, is is more important than just you know following one strict set of rules? Yeah, and it's it's like it's the same way it's the same what Master of None did, and and the way that this film sort of does it's it's the interesting merging of cultures and how that kind of happens in a twenty seventeen world, 
uh, and it's and it's it's really really interesting to see. So obviously you have you know, um, oh we just had a question here on the side note by the way. Why is it called the Big Sick? Uh, so well, this is in the trailer. So I, again, I won't give too much away. Uh, and this is all based on a real story that Camille Nanjiani wrote with his wife. Um, so he, so his wife that he was seeing before they started going out and stuff. She she I can't remember the name of the illness that she has, but she basically got stuck in a coma for a while. Um, and that's why it's called the big sick because the big sick is her being in the coma um, so again I'm going to try and avoid sort of plot details anyway but yeah I, I mean in terms of the merging of the culture thing I think that's a really it's a it's a, it's a brave choice because it's you know especially in this world now especially in this world where you kind of Brexit's a thing Trump is a thing you know you hear quite a lot about this this Islamophobia of you know, there's even one point in the film where some guy ch- shouts on the stage like, "Go back to ISIS." Yeah. So I think the way it tackles and sort of with these issues is really it's important to see in this in this sort of day and age. It's a really important film. Um, and what what's even more important might be the sort of payoff that you get as a viewer in terms of how uh, Emily's family reacts to certain things like that. So it was, it was it was really refreshing. It was really lovely. It was really it was such a small personal film to me which is why it's probably going to end up being my number one film of the year. I'd be surprised if another film tops it, just for how much it just sort of hit me in the heart. Um, so I'm going to be very, very surprised if it gets beaten for me. Serious? I will. Um, I, I, I'll, I imagine there'll be at least two more that your favourite film of the year. You think so? Yeah, because you say it every fucking time. I'll stop it, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, well, you know what's, what's probably going to happen, don't you? Is that, that like... For best film at the Oscars, it's going to be like Big Sick versus Dunkirk. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> That's we'll usually what happens, and, and there'll be like, yeah, there'll, there'll be horrible, horrible messages sent between the two of us. I mean, obviously, we, we, we yet to get into our Oscar season towards the end of the year, but I, I think it's just because the film felt so personal to me. I think the new Star Wars film, if it's the last good enough, could. That's, gonna, that's gonna be your favorite film of all Ragnarok time. Ragnarok could. Ragnarok, you never know. Is there anything else to out that we that what that could be it for me? I don't think it will win any Oscars. Which film is that? Sorry. If you're on about the big sick, I, I don't know if it will. Can we? Sc- I don't want to scroll down the comments. There was one. Should we just about it comes at night. Oh, yeah, have we seen it comes at night? Which we haven't. I've seen it. I've got to talk about it. I don't think it will win any Oscars. I don't know which film. If you're on about the big sick, I could see it get nominated for maybe original screenplay. Original or screenplay or something. Yeah. And it has to be re-released around. Yeah. That period of time. Dunkirk. I can imagine Dunkirk sweeping the technical awards. <laughs> The same way Mad, Mad Max, Mad Max did. did. It would definitely win, like you know, sound design, costume design. Yeah, the big sick. The big sick. I the big sick could win a screenplay one. It could win a quite easily. Screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Quite easily. Yeah, for sure. It is that good. I think, it, and I think there could be a few acting ones in there as well. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you. I think there's a, there's a case for Holly Hunter. Yeah, and Ray Romano, Romano as well. Yeah, supporting. Yeah, definitely. Um, but no, there's a, there's a lot of. It comes at night. It was great. I thought it was alright. Has that been at the cinema? Yeah. Has it? Yeah. Wait, what? No. Yeah, I saw that. I forgot to talk about it the, today. The Joel Edgerton film. Yeah, Joel Edgerton film. Uh, it was um, it was visually really interesting. It was a really interesting concept. Why have I missed that? Where have I been? I don't know. Where have you been? What the fuck? You've been in Dunkirk. Is that really about the cinema? Yeah. I did it come out of the cinema world or? Yeah, yeah, it did. I've got to talk about it. I've been living in a fucking bubble. When did I see it? I've missed so many. Oh, Blade Runner's out this year. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That, that's probably gonna be your favorite film of the year as well. Maybe not. Alien, whatever it was called, that was one of your favourites. Covenant. Alien Covenant. Where did I see it? 
Oh, he's yeah. a knight. So that's a Spider-Man. Spider oh, yeah, I saw it. I did a double bill. I remember now. I saw Spider-Man then. It comes at night on the same day. I think I was on holiday for a week from work. Uh, it must have been out for one week and I missed yeah. it. But Is Joel, it worth watching? Joel Edgerton's great in it. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a really cool concept as well. It's a really interesting concept. Um, do I recommend it? I don't know. I don't know if I can. Really? Yeah. I know Shay used to really like it. Shay used to saw it three times. I don't know. I, I just... Uh, it's a, I, you know what, I recommend it, but I don't think it's the best film we ever see. Alien Covenant was good. Oh, here we go. Well, Full of shit now. That, that, there's a measure of the of the, of the opinion. <laughs> You've gone mad. You stop stop commenting. <laughs> You've gone too far. You crossed the line. I think I think you know. I think you, I think you know you're wrong. She's doing it on purpose. I think I think she knows she's trying. She's just trying to wind it up. I know. I can tell. Oh, here we go. Because <laughs> I can tell you right she, now. She she has like. She's got she, she, she's, she's, she's been a massive. She sees everything. Yeah, she and she has like listened to the podcast or yeah. watched the podcast before. Yeah, she knows what we think about Alien Covenant, surely. Yeah, of course. I just like get out. See what I mean? She's trying to do it on purpose now. She's trying to wind us up. It, I'm telling you, he's <laughs> trending. You're trending, trending like here. It was brilliant. Alien Covenant was brilliant. Just like get out. Big Six could be rubbish. Big Six, I bet it's rubbish. Trainwreck was rubbish. Trainwreck was really good. I like Trainwreck. A typical Judd Apatow went yeah. on for about. Half an hour longer than it should have. <laughs> uh, is that everything? Have we covered everything? Is there anything that hasn't come out yet that you're still looking forward to? Not Apart from year. we've got Blade Runner, we've got Thor. This year. Yeah, we've got I'm Star Wars. For, I'm quite looking forward to Wind River. Wind River. Mm. I want to see Ghost Story. Yeah, I'm looking for that's quite soon actually. Uh, which looks fucking great. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, Casey Affleck, Rooney Mara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite interesting. With that weird sheet thing. Yeah, and uh, the, the, I remember seeing the post thinking, "Well, it's terrifying." And then you watch the trailer, and it's not really a horror film. I don't think. What? Are you if a, it is, it's. Are you excited for it at all? No. You know, it's got a lot of hype on Facebook, doesn't it? I want it to be good, mm. but I love the original sort of the two the two half TV film. Yeah. Uh, especially the first half. Yeah, it's great. When they're children, it's yeah. incredible. So this I'm. I've got a feeling it's just going to hit the same beats and that'll be enough for most people I think the trailer hits the same beats yeah Um. I, I, I would like it to be good though I'm not going to lie I think I think if it was you know it's something that I'm sort of quietly rooting for but originally the it was going to be a, a different it was going to be William Coulter uh, no who was it going to be something Coulter anyway yeah, yeah. He, he was in um, we're the Millers, a British actor. Oh, it's good. Uh, Bill, Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Yeah, Will Poulter. He's in. He's in that new film, Detroit. Actually, the Catherine Bigelow film, which has got um, um, John Boyega. Which that looks okay. Yeah, that's all right. Is that another Netflix film? No, no, that's that's. I think that's in, the fact there's a limp the screaming on no, 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 tomorrow night. You're right. The John Boyega is in in a a Netflix original though, isn't he? Yeah, called. Uh, it's got one word title. I can't remember that. It's Detroit. Something, it's something like Detroit. So Detroit does look good. Detroit, yeah. I think this year could end up being one of the best years for films. Is this that, could be like the nineteen eighty four of, of like the twenty first century. You reckon? Like nineteen eighty four, like you. In fact, there's a few. There's nineteen eighty two as well, because that one. In, in fact, this is this is the craziest month. I was reading about this the other day. So June of nineteen eighty two, you have Poltergeist, Blade Runner, The Thing, E. T. Oh, what else is there? Something else as well. Empire. No, no, that's that's yeah, earlier. That's eighty. 
was 83's Jedi excuse me there's another that, anyway look at films in 82 is ridiculous films so, in 84 though man yeah 84 like, as well 84 yeah. is crazy like Ghostbusters and yeah, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop and so, other such delights this is going to be our film I mean this is definitely shaping us to be the best yeah, UFS since 2014 2014 was really strong I thought 2014 2014 you had so you had Dawn of the Planet of the Apes you had Budapest Hotel uh, what else did we have did we get Sicario then Budapest Hotel can suck a dick well Sicario is not that good either it is really good no Sicario is 2006 yeah because we talk about Sicario in the first episode we ever recorded we do which I'm not a big fan of Sicario I think like Sicario is half a good film I watched it again about three weeks ago I loved it I really love it. The, 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 when it changes to Benito del Toro's character halfway through, towards yeah. the end, becomes a different film. Like that, that pissed me off. What is it? What's the screenwriter called? Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. So he, so obviously he's writing that new film Wind River that we just mentioned. Yes. He said cause he's doing a sequel to Sicario. He said about Benito del Toro's yeah, character. Yeah. It's called Soldado. Yeah. And he said Soldado is going to make Sicario look like a children's comedy. So is that what he said? take from that what you will. Taylor Sheridan. I mean, if Wind River looks is as good as it looks, yeah, he could be the next big sort of. I mean, like screenwriter, yeah. the screenwriter that he did Hello High Water, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, and he, he starred up before that. Yeah, or was he the director? Oh wait, no, the, no, the director he was, yeah, the director of Hello High Water. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the guy is just literally on one. He is the beast and shit. <sighs> and I think I've maybe got my people mixed up somewhere. That's alright. I think you did it. I think I did get something mixed up. I think that's everything, right? Is that everything? I think so. The rest are just there's old films I've watched. Just old films that you've watched. Yeah. Is there any old films that you've watched that you just wanted to give a special mention to before we go? I'll pick one. Let's think. I see Spirited Away there. Yeah. I I watched that recently for the first time. I loved it. I loved it. I really loved it. I'm it like, was fucking crazy though. It's weird, isn't it? So this is what I'm doing as well. So I'm working my way through the Studio Ghibli films. As am I. But, with, but with, with with my children. Are you? Yeah, I'm giving my children a cultural yeah tour so de force. I'm working my way through them. So I watched uh, so I watched Spirited Away first because I'll admit I, I'm not I I've probably seen them in bits, but I can't really recollect them very well. So obviously earlier this year I watched The Red Turtle and loved it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna work my way through them. So yeah, Spirited Away first, which I really loved. I watched uh, Princess Mononoke. Thought that was a lot of fun. Which one's that one? Um, it's a kind of about it's like a how do you it's like got all the wolves it's got like the big giant wolves and the big boars and they're in the forest yeah I think, I think, I think I've seen that too recently uh, then I watched My Neighbour Tot- Totoro no I watched that one I fucking love that one have you seen How's Moving Castle that's my, that's next on my list to watch we, we, me and the kids watched that Did they like, you like that one uh, yeah that's next I'm going to watch Ponyo as well after that um, what else did we watch we watched the one about I think she's like a little witch like a young witch girl what it's called oh, I don't know um, that's going to piss me off but no yeah I've been working I watched about four or five Ghiblis um, and the children really like them as well which is good but yeah Spirited Away in particular yeah I think won an Oscar yeah it, yeah won the best best a- like, animated that film is crazy bizarre in it no face that bit, that demon that just keeps but eating I, d- I didn't it but gets weird the film just like is non-stop like just creative trip, trip yeah just yeah. Like it just goes to places that I, I have no idea where it's going or yeah. what for. It is one of the most insane yet entertaining films I've ever seen. Yeah, I loved it. I really did. Here's a film I watched. I watched my first Charlie Chaplin film. Which one was it? I watched City Lights. City Lights. It was the one about the tramp and the blind girl. I've seen that. I really loved it. I it, really, really loved it. It was nice. Yeah, it was. So I mean, it's a, it's a silent film. It's probably in about an hour and hour and fifteen or so. 
but I really loved it. It was really it made me cry at the end. And I thought I was just I was moved by how much a silent film could make me cry. Cha- was, good old Chappers. Yeah, I thought it was really nice. Chappers, man, he's a cracky guy. Yeah. The, I mean, I've I've seen quite a few, um, but like the dictator obviously is one that stands out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to watch um, Modern Times as well. I've not seen that yet. So. There's one where he works in a factory. I think yeah, was, that's the one. Modern, yeah, modern that, that, Times. That's great. Yeah. Uh, you ever watched any Laurel and Hardy? I watched a few of that. Yeah, yeah. She watched some of I those. That's a big Laurel and Hardy fan. Norman Wisdom as well. If, yeah. For those of you that like British old British comedy, the old slapstick roo no one wisdom though some of his films have genuine heart yeah, genuine yeah beauty um, Stitching Time is one it's a beautiful film is there anyone I should mention before we go so if anything that we've both seen we can just discuss yeah have a look yeah so you saw Punch Drunk Love yeah uh, that was great Um, I think that's the only Paul Thomas Anderson film I hadn't seen because uh, I watched The Master again recently thought, great yeah it was really really good I haven't seen Stunning. his newest one what's his newest one well the, 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 the last one he made which is the one with um, fucking hell Joaquin Phoenix uh, I don't remember you know which film I mean though right where he's like a detective he's like looking into oh, shit oh um, Inherent Vice Inherent Vice I haven't yeah. seen Inherent Vice I, I actually didn't like that one as much as the rest I really really loved Punch Drunk Love really loved The Master Harold Lloyd I, I don't know okay so she, she, I used to it's just counted Harold Lloyd. Ha- Harold Lloyd. I w- I wish I'm I assuming knew. that's a filmmaker or something that I we wish, don't know. I wish I knew what you meant. I think we're getting schooled. <laughs> yeah. We don't know who this person is. Yeah. Um. But no. Um. What was the film? Shit. Punch of Love. Yeah. Wow. Great film. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, you, you see that, and you just wish Adam Sandler would make more of that. Yeah. Is that what happened to that guy? You told me that's that. I'll beat the living <laughs> hell out of you. Oh, if I beat the life out of you. Um, but yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman's great in that film. Yeah, yeah. Really I think it's Paul Thomas Anderson who sort of discovered... Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, or, yeah. he was the first person to put... He put him in Boogie Nights. He put him in Boogie Nights. And then he did... There was another film that had him in... Um, uh, Hard Eight. It's mm. a poker film that had uh, him in as well. And he was in Magnolia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, before that, I think he'd been in Twister. Yeah. And I think he he was really good in... Um, Turns of Mr. Ripley as well. Yeah, yeah. But no, like, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think, like, he, he was the first person to really get the best out of him. Just sort of show the rest of the world how amazing he actually could be. Yeah, yeah uh, and obviously went on to do great things. Yeah. Um, you've also got the Royal Tenenbaums here. Yeah, that, I'm... Cause Have you not seen that before? No, no, because, you know, I'm working my way through Studio Ghibli. I'm also working my way through all the Wes Anderson. All the so Wes's. I watch, I watch Rushmore as well. See, I I don't know how you feel going back, because yeah. you watch the Royal Tenenbaums, yeah. and then you watch the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. And you just see a guy who has lost all heart and is interested in visuals. You know who's going to be really upset with you? Who? Rudy. I don't care. He loves Grand Budapest Hotel. So Harold Lloyd was an actor in the era of Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, Joe. Is he worth? Is he worth watching? Let us know, darling. Yeah. So yeah, I think if you watch Royal Tenenbaums, you watch even the Darjeeling Limited, the films that are like at the heart of them, it's about emotion and. and I I adored Rushmore. Yeah, Rushmore's I great. I really love Rushmore. I remember Bill, at the time Bill Murray was in a bit of a, a not a funk, but he'd yeah. gone off the grid. He's in the. He's amazing in Rushmore, Rushmore, right? Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's the. He's like the, the teacher. No, guy. but you went quiet, and oh, I was no, like, no. "Am I, I talking about the wrong no, film?" No, 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 I thought fucking... he's still going. Sorry, no, yeah, no, he's incredible. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Uh, Jason Schwartzman's an yeah, actor. He's amazing. That, yeah, yeah. Wes, when when Anderson do shit, it's usually good. Yeah. I, I recently rewatched Moonrise Kingdom, which I didn't like the first time. I remember you saying, yeah. And I liked it a lot more the second time. Mm. And f- weirdly, I watched it with my kids because it's twelve eight. Yeah. And I thought they might just like the sort of 
the style of it. Quirkiness. Yeah, and they also like films about kids. Yeah. And kids are in it. <laughs> and they had a nice time. And I had a nice time. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to rewatch Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. And I'm hoping I'm going to be turned because it's a lot of people's. Like, a lot of people love that film. Some people say it's their favourite Wes Anderson film. I mean, for me, it is. Like I say, it's everything that's wrong with Wes Anderson mm. now. He literally goes for style over substance. Whereas The Royal Tenenbaums is just a film with so much heart, so much beauty. Mm. Uh, tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, in that film is fucking amazing. She's great. So, oh, there, are, there are two horror films I've watched recently that I've, I've probably seen bits of before. The two of them that really stuck out. One of them is Carrie. Mm. The original Carrie, not the Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, I see. I prefer the I prefer the remake. No, you don't. No, I don't. And then the other one that this is a film that is I, I've watched it lo- so many times. Rosemary's Baby. That's a great film. I'm in love with that film. Like I, that's one of my favorite horror films. I had that on VHS. I recorded it off the TV. Yeah. I watched that a lot when I was younger. That really might be one of my favorite horror films. It's absolutely it was tremendous. Yeah. Like I mean, there's there's two films I've seen for the first time. The Roman Polanski films in Chinatown, The Rosemary's Baby, and both of them are contenders for like you know. Oof. Have you seen The Pianist? Yeah, I've seen The Pianist. Adrian, Adrian Brody film. Yeah, yeah. Roman Polanski is a really good filmmaker. Don't watch Oliver Twist though. That's fucking awful. It's just a shame he's a bit of a diddler, isn't he? He's a weirdo. He's a little diddler. So is Woody Allen though. He gets pass. I don't give him a pass. Fuck Woody Allen. I. Don't, it's all about the creepy, actual creepy weirdo. It's about the content, not about the individual. I struggle to separate it from Woody Allen though. Because everyone gives him a pass, and I'm like, why? He's a rapist. He's a weird little kiddie fiddler. All right, calm down. You no. might be watching. Sorry. And if Woody Harrelson gives us an endorsement, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> if Woody Allen gave us an endorsement, you'd, you'd take it. No, I wouldn't. If, if you put that on the, on the Facebook page, you say, like, it's a great movie, <laughs> like, better than ads. <laughs> <laughs> Woody Allen. Um, yeah, I don't know why he would say the podcast was a great movie, though. Might, you know too busy like. raping yeah too busy being so pay attention to what we're actually doing <laughs> too busy being a fiddler too busy cosbying yeah. <laughs> um, you've also got here Cape Fear 1991 yeah yeah great film yeah because I've, I've seen the original the um, who else is in it Gregory Peck Gregory Peck's in this as well though right yeah he's, he's a solicitor he's, he's like character a lawyer. And Greg, the original was Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum I believe yeah, Robert Mitchum you are right yeah yeah and then uh, so yeah this new one I, I love um, Robert De Niro's performance in this new film Juliet, well, not new film, Juliet yeah. Lewis is great in it as well, right? Yeah, yeah, Juliet Lewis is great. Uh, Jessica Lang is great. Nick Holt's great. Nick, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, sorry, yeah, yeah, not Nick Holt. That's Nicholas Holt. Yeah, that's the new Jack and the Giants. So. An unborn Nicholas Holt is playing, yeah. playing a grown man. But like the voice that Robert De Niro does in that film is so creepy. He does that southern accent. Oh, yeah. It's so he, creepy. It's one of the last roles that he played where he was literally like not Robert De Niro. Yeah, we transformed it in. Yeah, yeah. Or. You know, just you know, just a really, just a a, a performance that's like his whole body, yeah, his, his whole his movements, everything is different. It's just so it's really unsettling. Transformative, like, proper it's, creepy. It's an underrated film, yeah, uh, and also inspired the episode Cape Fear of The Simpsons, which is a great episode, one of the best ones. Yeah, um, a couple of scenes which will go down in history as the greatest ever, including the rake scene. Yeah, yeah, uh, but also when. They're in the cinema, and obviously in the original, in the Cape Fear 91, he's, he's smoking a cigar and laughing dead loud at the film yeah. and spoiling it. Yeah. And in The Simpsons, he's doing it. It's actually Bob's doing that. Yeah. But then Homer starts laughing even louder. <laughs> oh, that's just too much. <laughs> Which I really like as well. Yeah. Well, um, that's great. Um, you, you've been having a nice time looking yeah, at been, these films. I've been working through them. You've been watching The Sting, which is great. Yeah, I love The Sting. How often does that music come in though, man? All the time. When it's over, you're like... 
I've been watching more and more Robert Redford from his glory 70s days. Uh, like, I watched Barefoot in the Park, which I really loved. That's cool. Yeah, there's um, uh, Jane Fonda and Robert Redford as well. That was really great, I thought. Barefoot in the Park is great. Have you watched... Um... Shit. That, it's the newer one by J.C. Chandler, where he's on the boat on his own with no talking. Oh, um, it was, it's, it was like a couple of years old, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I can't remember. It was, I was working at the cinema when it came out, but I can't remember what it's called. That, I've not seen that, though. Is that good? film is amazing. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's stunning. I'll check it out. Uh, anything that J.C. Chandler does is usually good. Though. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's time to go. Yeah, let's wrap it up. No, it's not time to go. Yeah. You watched Revenge. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, because that because it was like, that was in my top ten. Yeah, so, so far. I, yeah, so I checked it out because I thought it was in your top ten. What did you like, think to Revenge? I loved it. It was really great, wasn't it? It was a. Uh, it was. It was like. It's like a really good, cool use. You know, like that synth that, that seems to be more of a thing now. But like integrated, it's like British. It's awesome. It was cinema. so good. I, it was such a beautiful looking film as well. It was really, really awesome. So yeah, Revenge definitely recommend it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You watched the money wasn't there. Love that film. Holy shit. That's one of Coen Brothers film. That's probably yeah. That's probably Bob Thornton. Yeah, yeah. It's probably like, if in terms of the the Coen Brothers film, that's like the hidden one that like, yeah. no one really talks about. That's I, it's tremendous. That belongs up there with like Miller's Crossing and Lebowski. It's and Fargo. Film. Yeah, I think the problem is it's so so dour. Yeah, I think that's why it's gone under the radar. Well, I think it, I think it should be up there. I think it's definitely you know top three or five Coen Brothers films for me. It's amazing. Yeah, for death. Um. So yeah. Oh wait a minute! You watch the Burbs. Oh yeah, the Burbs, loved it. The Burbs, me and my housemate—that's like we talk about that film. We both remember it when we were kids. Really love the Burbs. It's it's shit, but it's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you've if you learned anything today, oh no, there's one film we've both seen and we talk about is Gifted. Yeah, and that's, that's a sweet little film. Let's end on the let's end on Gifted. It's a nice little film to end on. So it's got Captain America in it. Yeah, he's got a beard because he's not Captain America. He's raising a child. Yeah, there's some little twisties about the child and stuff. There's a few, yeah. Little twisties. Get a little twisty today. Get a little swifty. Get a little, f- little bit flumpy. <laughs> uh, no, Gifted, which I thought would be a very saccharine... I mean, I don't like the look of it. Yeah. And it's another one of your little indie films that sort of that look like the same as all the others. Yeah. But I thought this film had really hidden depth. It was a very beautiful film. It was really sweet, yeah. Very, yeah. Uh, I, I, I loved... Um, the, the, the female leading it or the, the sort of female support the girl she's from Obvious Child yeah, uh, yeah. talked about oh, Jenny Slate, Jenny Slate. Yeah. she's great yeah. great to see she's her really good, yeah. great to see in a movie where she's not Jenny Slating it up where she's got things to do it's nice to have things to do but anyone who hasn't seen Obvious, Obvious Child should just go do that yeah she's um, really good so yeah. many films people should go see um, but no Gifted I thought was really really great I thought Chris Evans was fantastic yeah. the child actor who plays the little girl she was great really great um and you know, as we know, you don't really like child actors, but there's some no, good but ones. No, she was good. She was a lot of fun. She was she well she she was a of course she was a child actor that was kind of I, I think it, she could have easily come across as like a know it all kid because her kid is very the kid's very smart in the film. Yeah, and it's also she plays the, she plays a little girl that's like down to earth. Yeah, and the relationship she has with a a dad or whatever, they're sort of like pals. Yeah. as well as you know, uh, and that sometimes that can come across as a bit cliche yeah, now yeah. it's a bit tight you still see that in so many films where yeah. you know, it's not original anymore but I thought the relationship the way it sort of it, it changed at times from being buddies to them being you know quite sort of strict yeah you know and and there's like a there's the two of them Chris Evans and, and the girl they, they, their chemistry was really good really strong yeah yeah and there was things underneath the surface like issues probably on the surface that you could see mm-hmm. you know that, 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 that were there between the two of them 
So it's a really, really good. It's a really good performance piece, I think. The movie. Yeah. Uh, and I recommend that as well. It's another seven zinus. Another seven zinus for sure. So you've got a. If you're watching this, listen to this. You've got a ton of films to work through. If you've not seen any of them, you've probably seen most of them. Probably. But we've talked about some smaller ones too. So go see the smaller ones. You haven't seen the big ones. Well, look, like I think the nicest thing is when we talk people into seeing films. Like she used to, you know, she had no interest in seeing the big sick. And now she's actually watching it right now. Now she's going to go watch. Put your it. phone away. Stop, stop <laughs> messaging us. So hopefully you've seen, you've heard of one film today, and you're like, you know, what? I'll check it out because these old weirdos want to watch there's it. There's this little film called Dunkirk. You should go see it. And it's this. You, you don't you know any of the characters' names. But it's amazing. It's good. Dunkirk, that's the only name you need to know. <laughs> You've been listening to Star Joe's podcast. It's time to go get a sausage roll. <laughs>